You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Alison Mira. We are on the unceded ancestral lands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. Eoch Tanuyap. Kwiget Yuans Kwiensna. Hi, everybody. My name is Kwiget Yuans. I'm a member of the Squamish Nation and the Yogalanis Clan of the Haida Nation. You're listening to Co op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. We live, work, play, and broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil Nations. This episode is going to be about upcoming events that are really soon, which are so much fun. A little bit different than normal, because first, I'm going to talk about an inclusion art show through Possibilities. Then I'm going to be talking about the Vancouver International Film Festival and their films that are focusing on disabilities. But first, let's put on our theme song, Possibilities by Key Sarah.
The song you just heard is Possibilities by Key Sarah. Key Sarah is a mother-daughter duo from Ontario, and the daughter who is singing is on the autism spectrum. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. This episode is all about upcoming events that are happening really soon, both with possibilities and with the Vancouver International Film Festival. My first guests today are Justine and Justin from Possibilities, because Possibilities is having an inclusion art show coming up in a couple of weeks, which is really exciting. I know I cover the inclusion art show every year. I'm always really excited to cover them. Thank you so much, Justin and Justine, for being on my show. Off the bat, why is the Inclusion Art Show so important, Justine? Hello, Allison. Thank you so much for having us back. And it's nice to to see you and hear you again. Um, We've definitely had a chance to connect over the last few years about the show. Um, So yeah, absolutely. We are having our Inclusion Art Show in sale again this year. And it's an event held uh, every year during Community Inclusion Month in October. And it's hosted by Possibilities as a sort of a contribution to all the wonderful things that happen during this time of year. Um, And it's BC's largest disability art show. And this year we're celebrating our 18th year. And uh, we're excited to be welcoming back uh, artists who have participated for many years like Justin. And we're also excited to welcome new artists. It's a really great opportunity for us to connect with one another again, especially going through a a pandemic these last couple of years. And what's exciting about this year is we're doing a a hybrid show for the very first time. Yeah, so uh, so we've got our uh, usual show happening um, at the iconic Heritage Hall. And so we're back after after three years and uh, that's gonna be on October the 6th from 10.30 in the morning till 7.30 at night. Uh, And then we're gonna be doing uh, the online part. Uh, We are gonna be having that um, online from October 6th to the 13th. So we'll have pieces for the uh, in-person show and pieces for the online show. And it's our first time doing this. You know, we recognize that people are at different comfort levels. And so that's why we wanted to have the in-person events as it means it means so much to our artists to be able to be back in person and and to see each other again and to have guests come through the doors and, and purchase their pieces. And we also recognize that folks are um, might not be comfortable with that just yet. And so that's why we wanted to do uh, an online show as well, so that uh, artists and, and people are able to experience our show from the comfort of their home as well. Having the hybrid and having it back in person after three years of the pandemic and on lockdown what does that mean and why is this so important for people with disabilities to have this art show and highlight their their art justine yeah we i mean we're, we've we're in our 18th year um and so uh we we're we feel privileged to be able to, to host it every year and we have many artists who have returned for for years i mean justin has been a part of our show now for i since before I started and I've been with the organization for 10 years. Um, so you can see that it just means a lot to the artists. Um, you know, our show really does bring communities together. 
And the in-person show, there, there, there was nothing quite like it, you know. It was such a, such a, a memorable and, and, and great day. And it means a lot to the artists. And so when the pandemic hit, we, you know, we had to figure out what to do because we weren't able to gather in person. And we did our best over the last couple of years to, to transition and, and to move everything online. And we were able to do so. We actually had some really great sales last year for our first sort of uh, online show where we had sales. And it was great. You know, we, it was a good opportunity for artists to continue create, uh, create their art and, and sell their work. And, uh, you know, once restrictions started to ease, we uh, went back to the, you know, the planning committee and said, all right, are we, are we going to go back to in-person? And we knew that that really just makes our show as much as the online part is fantastic, but the in-person is, is, there's nothing quite like it. You get a chance to walk around Heritage Hall, to see all the pieces up, you get a chance to, uh, you know, to meet the artists, to talk to the artists, um, and just to get to know them. And so we're really excited to be able to host a, a hybrid show this year. That sounds like so much more inclusive as well to have the both together to accommodate everyone's needs. Yeah, that's what we were saying. I think we talked about that last year was, you know, our in-person event is great, um, but it, we, we aren't able to reach everyone, right? I mean, it's uh, not everybody can, can make it out um, and it's based in Vancouver and that's a bit of a ways for people that don't, quite live in that area or that community. Um, and then, so then we've got the online part where uh, where we can reach, you know, uh, uh, more people. Um, and uh, we've actually, the really neat thing about the online show is we've now um, reached artists uh, from outside of BC. Uh, we had some folks contact us from Ontario, uh, from across Canada, I think, in the, uh, I think in the States and New York, as well as um, some artists in Australia. Um, which is really neat. So, and then, yeah, just recently, this uh, I, a week ago, I was contacted by uh, an organization from Ontario asking to be part of our show. And uh, unfortunately, it is only for artists who live in BC in the Lower Mainland, but it's really nice to see that reach um, that we have now, especially uh, after uh, doing the online show. That is so cool to be able to see it from Australia and Ontario. So there's a real impact there. For you, Justin, what does being part of the inclusion art show mean for you? I, I was like, like excited and and really happy to take part in it because it was 2012 when I took part of the inclusion art show. Because in the beginning, I didn't even know that I thought it was like some sort of a show and tell until I found out from my former employment specialist, Seema Tripathi. Yeah, Seema. Yeah, mm. and uh, that's how she introduced me and connected me to this to this event and I was like wow because like I thought it was a show and tell and then I had no idea I didn't even know that like you could sell your art for like money and like I was like thrilled and and happy that I that I took part of it and it was worth it Totally worth it. It means that a little more money in the pocket on top of being able to make and accomplish as well. Yeah. And then since, since then, I said, I definitely want to do this again. And I did like again and again, again, bang. Yeah. So. Justin, Justin's been part of the art show since you said 2012, right? Yeah. And that's, that's, that's the exact year that I started as well. So kind of, we kind of started at the same time and then you've been part of the show pretty much ever since then. 
took a bit of a break over the pandemic um, just to, you know, it was a little bit of a hard time for everybody. But now that we've got the in-person event um, up and running, we've got Justin back and here he's going to have a table uh, at this year's show. That'll be so much fun to see your stuff again this year with your table. And I got like new designs that I, that I, that I just started. I just have to finish all of it. And now, yeah. Do you want to talk a bit about what you sell? I sell earrings, bracelets, and necklaces, and cuff bracelets. And one thing that I don't even know about, which I'm like completely confused and surprised that, because I make chain mail, like jewelry out of chain mail. And there's one particular chain mail design that I'm like completely surprised until I found and watched a video on YouTube is where you can learn how to make a finger ring out of chain for, for chain mail, like a chain mail finger ring. And I'm like, what? Since when did I see that coming like unexpectedly? Like people ask me like, do you make like finger rings out of chain mail? And I was like, no. I'm like, can you make a ring out of chain mail? Like a, a ring on the finger? And that's when I saw the video on YouTube like, Oh my gosh. And so I did. I'm so amazed by those who actually can make jewelry, like earrings and finger rings and necklaces. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. For you, Justine, what have been some highlights now that you are doing a hybrid show and Possibilities is doing a hybrid show? What are some of the highlights or positives now planning this hybrid show? Yeah. Um... Well, I think one of the highlights is that we're, this is the our first time trying it. That's, you know, we're really excited about doing a hybrid show for the first time. And there's a lot of positives to sort of both sides of the show, as, as we sort of touched on earlier. So with the online show, as I mentioned, is that, um, you know, as much as you're not able to interact with our artists, you know, as much as you would be with the in-person, we're, we've expanded our reach. We're able to reach people beyond Vancouver, uh, even beyond BC. And it's really nice to be able to do that. Um, I, I think I mentioned this too last year was we had an artist and he, he's been a part of our show for, for years and he, he did pretty well uh, with his sales with the in-person show. But when he moved his, uh, his work online, he was able to reach a wider audience because he had a family back in England and who, who wouldn't have been able to come by the in-person show to purchase his pieces. So he actually had his best sales yet uh, last year uh, because he was able to, we were able to move the show online. And, and the nice thing too about it for this year is that we know with, you know, with COVID and with the pandemic, it's, it's not over. It certainly seems to have gotten, you know, a little bit better, but we understand that people uh, still may not be comfortable, um, you know, coming out to such a big event. And we're excited to be able to, uh, to reach that audience um, from the comfort of their home. They can sit at home and they can uh, peruse the pieces online and, and, uh, and uh, purchase the pieces. And then they can get it delivered to their house. So it's really neat to be able to, um, the pandemic actually kind of, you know, forced us into this. You know, we, we, we didn't think about an online aspect of the show um, up until the pandemic hit. And so I think it's a really, it's actually become a really great opportunity. Um, and then, of course, I mean, you know, with the in-person show, as I keep saying, it's, 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 it's hard to explain, you know, there's nothing quite like walking into those doors uh, at Heritage Hall and, and just seeing all of the art up 
all at once. We have, I don't know, I haven't counted yet how many pieces we have, but generally we have almost a thousand pieces uh, in our show every year. And it, it ranges uh, from all kinds of media. So it ranges from paintings to, to pottery, to photography, jewelry, which is what Justin is selling, uh, glasswork. Uh, I think we even have a, a wooden bench that we're selling this year. So there, it, it's just such a variety. Um, and, and it's also, like I said, a great opportunity for guests to come in and actually meet the artists because we have lots of artists on site uh, during the whole show and they're excited and eager to, to share their work with you and to tell them about their, you know, to tell people about their art and the pieces that they've made. And, and we're going to have, it's, it's going to be a, a really fun day and we're going to have live music. Uh, we're going to have musicians on site. Of course, we'll have, uh, you know, the refreshments. We'll have a little bit of wine later in the evening. We'll have some food that's going to be passed around. We're also uh, really excited to have our live art demonstrations again. And that's going to be happening all throughout the day, and so those are some of the some of the highlights uh, that we have uh, planned for this year, and we're really looking forward to to uh, to be back in person. That sounds so much fun to be able to have that reach from the online, but also have in person and have artists and musicians and multimedia artists. So painting and jewelry, all sorts of stuff. It sounds like I need to plan my day around being at Heritage Hall. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you can make it out again this year. Oh, yeah. Great. And spend the whole day. That's what I've been doing, too. I've been talking to all my family and friends and saying, okay, you better come to the art show. It's happening. <laughs> and what are the positives for you, Justin, making your jewelry and now showcasing and selling your jewelry at the art show? Well, when I first, like, heard about chainmail, I was in grade 12 taking this metal art class in high school. And I saw this one student and one classmate made a made a chainmail vest. I was like completely, my mind was like completely blown away of what he made in class. And then I even taught myself how to make a chainmail pattern. And that's, and I did. And I made like those chainmail bracers that I intend to wear every single day, like to, on the arm. And when I started making that, my mind was completely like, my gosh, like blown away of what I made because it, it was, it was such a hard, a hard pattern to make, and and luckily I I worked my way to make that one. But then when I went on the internet, there are like some jewelry that can be made out of chainmail. It's like what? What did I? What what is this? Like what did I just see? And, and so I, I did. I made like like a four earrings and two two kinds of bracelets to start with. The most that I sold when in 2012 when I first took part of the Inclusion Art Show was my bracelets. So I definitely want to like I said to myself I definitely would like to do it again next year this year next next year the year after to be able to do something so difficult and master it yeah that's that's right and show it off and make money yeah out of that's, it that's too. correct yeah justin and i were just going through his registration a couple of weeks back and i think that you've been you've been saving up for all your products you've got so much to sell at uh, at this year's show yeah so he was busy creating during the, the last few years during the pandemic and now he's now he's ready to go <laughs> 
Yeah. I love saving up and then being able to show off stuff as well. Yeah, of course. I am not working at this, even though I'm not working right now at the moment. So at least I have a lot of time to do it. The pandemic has gotten us to to be able to do that, have more free time to do things like that. What are some of the more tough or difficult parts of making this hybrid event and coordinating this hybrid event, Justine? What are the challenges? That's a, that's a good question. Well, I think the biggest challenge that we had this year was, um, was just trying to plan this hybrid show. Um, you know, it's almost like planning two shows because we've got, you know, uh, plans in place for the in-person as well as online. And the registrations are, are completely separate. We've got all the pieces that are available in person are available in person, and then all the pieces for online are available online. And so it, it, it's a great thing, but it's a challenge then to have to almost plan two separate sort of events, uh, you know, at the same time. Uh, so for me, I, you know, I work sort of on the communication side of things uh, for planning the art show. And so promotion has always it's been a challenge, a good challenge, though. Uh, you know, we've got the, not only are we promoting the in-person events, but we're promoting the online show as well at the same time. Um, and so I think for, for us is that, um, is just promotion overall. We really want to um, get the word out about our show and continue doing that. Um, you know, our show, I think, is quite familiar with the folks in our sector and um, across our organization, with our team members and our families and you know, the folks that we support. Um, but we're always looking to uh, to reach a wider audience, to reach out uh, and uh, to you know other folks in the community, um, other artists in sort of the Vancouver area, or you know. And now that we're online, it can be it can be greater than that. Um, we really want to increase the participation of of neighbors, um, you know, around sort of the in, in the Mount Pleasant area by Heritage Hall with artists and, and community members. And so I think that's sort of been um, a challenge for us. And we, we, we do our very best to, uh, to promote the show as much as possible. And it's really, really neat to, um, you know, when we have different people that um, come through the doors. Um, I think I had this one gentleman, which was, this was a few years ago, uh, one of our in-person shows. And um, he, I didn't recognize him, so I thought I'd, you know, I, go up to him and just sort of ask him, you know, where he was from and how he heard about us. And he was actually just walking, uh, walking down Main Street and he, he saw the show from, from, uh, from the, where he was walking and, and he came in and he was just blown away. And he was, uh, I think he lived in, he was visiting from New Zealand. And so it was really nice to be able to, yeah, he was visiting from New Zealand and he, uh, you know, he had a chance to come and see our show. And uh, and so opportunities like that, we want more opportunities for, for folks that uh, may not be as familiar with us to come and check out the show. And um, we're doing our best right now. I'm sort of in the promotional mode right now. We're, all, we're just about two weeks out. And so, you know, doing uh, finding ways to be creative in our approach and um, uh, sending actually a bunch of emails out to sort of local schools. And, um, you know, we uh, have a lot of practicum students from local schools. And so reaching out to them. We uh, often have a lot of students come through from Douglas College and Quantum University, um, all kinds of places. So we, we always we always try to be creative in our approach when it comes to promoting the show. Lots of little moving pieces and bits. Yes. And having two, almost two shows, coordinating two shows at the same time. And with that note, 
let's go into a quick break. Don't go anywhere because there will be more about the inclusion art show on the self-advocate on the CFRO 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. Bring the money in. Bring the money in. We won't have no dough to spend until you bring that money in. The Co-op Radio Membership Drive. Join us for special programming featuring the best that Co-op Radio has to offer. In-depth interviews, alternative music, local arts and culture. Click that donate button at coopradio.org. Support one of Canada's first and longest running community radio stations. That's coopradio.org. Money is the root of all evil. Put a nickel in the pot, boy. It's true, I've found. Put a dime in the pot, But boy. this money is far a real good cause. So cents. everybody stick around. Down a quarter. Bring the money in. Bring the money in. We won't have no dough to spend until you bring that money in. You're listening to The Self's Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. This episode is all about what's happening coming up soon with not only the Vancouver International Film Festival, but also the Inclusion Art Show that is hosted and organized and run by possibilities. So right now I'm in the middle of talking with Justin and Justine. Justin is a jewelry maker and an artist showcasing and selling his jewelry at the Inclusion Art Show. And Justine is one of the organizers of this art show. For people with disabilities who want to become artists, or disability organizations who want to start organizing art shows like the Inclusion Art Show, what's one piece of advice you would give to them, Justine? Oh, um, well, for, for artists, I think, um, I think at the end of the day, it's just getting started. I think everybody is um, creative in their own ways. I think everybody is artistic in their own ways. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, over the years, oh, no, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not an artist and whatnot. And I think everybody is. And the beauty about art, too, is that it can be pretty much anything. And, you know, as I mentioned in our show, we have everything from paintings to pottery to people who draw, uh, woodworking, glasswork, uh, jewelry making. Um, you know, I think everybody is creative in their own ways. And if you are interested in getting started, just do it, you know, grab a, grab a piece of paper and a pen and start drawing or, uh, you know, as Justin said, he came across, you know, chain mail, uh, you know, looking online, different things, YouTube videos, or even just going to your local dollar store, picking up a canvas and some paints. It doesn't have to be expensive to get started. Um, uh, you know, if you're interested in photography or taking photos, uh, the really cool thing is, you know, these days is you don't need a fancy camera or anything to start. You can just use your your trusty iPhone or Samsung or you know whatever you've got and just go out and start taking photos. So that's my that's my piece of advice for for anybody that uh, that might want to get started. Uh, we're always looking for uh, new artists uh, to participate in our show, and so uh, artists can either uh, register independently on their own, 
and then you know they can they can uh, have their pieces up uh, at the show or they can even rent a table um and then for studios and organizations we've uh we've had the pleasure of having um, a number of studios and, and organizations participate in our show for for like for as long as i can remember and it's really great to be able to have that consistency and to, and to have them come back each and every year and um, what's really neat too is our show uh, is, is, I think it is the largest uh, uh, disability art show uh, in BC, but over the years we've seen many of our organizations uh, that have participated, uh, you know, branch off and do their own shows. And so you'll see throughout the year, there's lots of art shows that are happening, um, not just, uh, you know, in October during Community Inclusion Month, uh, there's lots of shows happening all year round. And it's really nice to, to see, um, to see that happening. And, and, um, and uh, we're, you know, we're happy for them, but it's also nice to see everybody returning. I, I think uh, registration just closed for our show this year and all of the organizations that have participated in previous years that have returned and uh, they're excited to be part of our show. And we have a lot of independent artists that are returning as well. And, and we've got quite a few new ones as well. So that's that I'm really excited and I'm looking forward to meeting some new artists at the show. That would be very exciting. And just to just do it. Yeah, just get started, you know. I mean, like I said, I think everybody is artistic and everybody uh, can definitely get started for sure. And how about for you, Justin? What's one piece of advice you would give to an artist with a disability or a person with a disability who wants to start making jewelry? Well, like take your time in figuring out what design of jewelry you want to make and you don't want to rush yourself to, to make it. You know, have, it, it took me, it took me time to make like the neck, and it took me the time to create and design a new necklace and a bracelet and an earring at the same time. So just figuring out how this is made, how this is made, and how to make it, because there are like a few chainmail designs that I had difficulties learning how to make them, and so I did it. I, did, I figured it out. You did it, and to take your time and be patient and to learn how to make jewelry. What do you hope for the future for artists with disabilities and disability organizations who promote art shows and promote art, Justine? I think for all of us, we're we're all in it for sort of you know all in it for the same reason. We just uh, you know we hope to continue the tradition of diversity and inclusion by you know, um, having these art shows and, uh, you know, and then for us, you know, just remaining open to organizations who want to participate and uh, studios and just artists from across BC who, you know, who are passionate about the work that, uh, that they do and, and are eager to share their creativity with others. Um, you know, we're, we're in our, in our 18th year and uh, it's, it, we've been around for quite some time and, and we want to keep coming back. We, you know, we don't have any, we don't have any plans to, uh, to, to stop the art show. I think we're going to continue for as long as we possibly can. And, you know, we're always evolving and introducing new things to sort of to keep the show fresh. And uh, we're excited to be back this year with our, with our hybrid approach and we'll see how it goes. And uh yeah, we're really looking forward to it. And how about for you, Justin? What do you hope for the future for artists with disabilities? In the future, I would just like keep going, keep doing it, never give up with this, including 
artists and new artists to like take your time don't give up just do it to do it and to, to take your time and to include new artisans and all artisans how can the listener find the inclusion art show and go to the inclusion art show justine yeah for sure for sure we we welcome anyone and everyone um to our show uh so we're doing so the in-person show is happening this year on thursday october the 6th from 10.30 in the morning until 7.30. And it is happening at Heritage Hall in Vancouver. And so the address is 3102 Main Street. And uh, Justin, I know will be there all day with his table and I'll be there uh, all day running around and making sure everything everything's where it's supposed to be and everything's happening. And then we've also got the online show that's happening at the same time. And so the online show will run from October the 6th uh, until the 13th. So we'll have that, uh, we'll have the art show uh, online and sales open for that one week. And folks can uh, visit the online show at www.inclusionartshow.com. And, you know, we invite folks to, uh, to come out to both if they're, if they're interested, you know, come and check out the show in person and, and see if you find any any goodies there, and then also to uh, pop online and to check out the show. Because as I mentioned, we have we're going to have different pieces for the in person um, and different pieces for the online show. Um, and one one thing as well for the in person show is that I think I mentioned before, but um, entrances by donation. Uh, we are um, completely accessible. We're wheelchair accessible, and we're also going to have uh, ASL interpretation for the whole day really accessible so to go check out the online art show and in person on october 6th how about for you justin how can the listener find you and find your jewelry um they can find me on both facebook at designs of glory and and at instagram at designs underscore of glory designs underscore of underscore glory on Instagram. You can find me on my website at designsofglory.wordpress.com. So to find you on Facebook and Instagram at Designs of Glory and on your website, designsofglory.com and buy some jewelry from you. Thank you both so much for being on my show again, Justine, and being on my show for the first time, Justin. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Don't go anywhere because there will be more and stuff about the Vancouver International Film Festival on The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. Vancouver Cooperative Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. Homemade, not store-bought. Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. An idea we're stealing. Vancouver's original community radio station since 1975. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. So I just talked with Justin and Justine of Possibilities for their Inclusion Art Show, which is happening in two weeks. 
coming up next, I'm going to be talking with Curtis, who is the programs manager of the Vancouver International Film Festival, which is coming up this week and going on till next week as well, about films that deal with disability. Thank you so much, Curtis, for being on my show. Off the bat, what films are there that deal specifically on disability or have a disability element? Well, thank you very much for having me, Allison. And uh, yeah, I, I appreciate having the opportunity to be on your show. Um, I think there's, yeah, a number of films in the festival this year that uh, deal with uh, you know characters living with disability. Um, and do so in different ways. So there's a film like um, OK, the ASD band film, which is a documentary about a Toronto quartet of musicians who are recording their first uh, EP, uh, looking to book their first show. And uh, every member of the band is, is on the autism spectrum. Um, as well, uh, there's Lay Down Your Heart, which would be of more local interest, perhaps. Uh, and this is about uh, now McNeil, who is a you know a playwright, an author, also a, you know really a polymath, uh, many different art forms that uh, that Niall explores. Uh, film is directed by Marie Clements, who has uh, been a longtime friend of Niall's, and uh, Niall uh, lives with Down syndrome. And this film looks at you know his experiences, uh, kind of building his relationships with um, the creative community in Vancouver, but also his own creative process as well. Um, when Time Got Louder by uh, Connie Kotkia is uh, a film that um, it's a you know coming of age film, uh, also a kind of coming out film at the same time, uh, but also uh, deals with I think in a very clear eyed way um, the lead character's experiences uh, living with her 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 really close relationship with her. Uh, sibling uh, who has, is living uh, or is on the spectrum as well, uh, living with autism. Uh, he's autistic. Uh, it um, is drawn from Connie's own experiences, uh, both you know as a as an out woman, but uh, also someone who does have an autistic sibling as well. Um, Queens of the Qing Dynasty. That is a narrative film. Queens of the Qing Dynasty by Ashley McKenzie, uh, who's a Cape Breton filmmaker. The, uh, the lead character in that film, um, Star, played by Sarah Walker, is, uh, is a neurodiverse character. And um, looking at, uh, I think, you know, how she experiences the world and uh, the film kind of takes stylistic uh, um, lead from, uh, from how she perceives the world and, and how she engages with uh, a new friend she makes in a, in a Cape Breton hospital. And... Um, also, eight stories about my hearing loss. Let me just take a quick look at remind myself of the director's name. Uh, Charo Matto is a, uh, a film, you know, Charo is a filmmaker who became fully deaf at the age of 23 and received uh, cochlear implants. And it really looks at uh, her experience, you know, um, uh, trying to emulate or, or uh, maybe illustrate the experience of someone who's, uh, who's experienced uh, hearing loss. And, um, and how they encounter the world and uh, engage with the world. Sounds like there's a lot of films this year that highlight disability, various forms of disability, and not only physical, but also 
uh, neurological, cognitive, and the neurodiverse community. And this year, there's a lot more films about different types of disability and all of that. Why so many films this year? Why highlight disability? I I don't know if there was ever a cognizant uh, decision to to highlight disability. I think it's just the the films and the stories themselves. You know, I th- uh, when you look at a film like. Um, uh, Queens of the Qing Dynasty, like uh, this is Ashley's second feature film, her first film, Werewolf, played VIF and played many international festivals. But I know this was, uh, she works with non-actors. And um, in the uh, casting of that first film, she met someone who uh, is neurodiverse and really became close friends with them and like started to really be engaged with how uh, they in- interact with the world and, and found this a fascinating um, way of just perceiving things differently. And, uh, and I think it really is uh, ingrained in the, um, the fabric of that film. And the film is like such a, a beautifully expressive um, piece of cinema onto its own. Um, it's, and the, one of the characters is, uh, is neurodiverse who's within it. And I think that's, you know, um, uh, in addition to Ashley's own experience of engaging with this community, I think it allows the viewer when watching this film to uh, to kind of join in that experience of just uh, perceiving sometimes banal situations, be it a hotel room or a hospital room in different ways and, and seeing uh, the different connections in the world. And I, I think it's just, you know, cinema allows us to, uh, to engage in, in different perspectives and different perceptions of the world. And these films allow us to do that as well. Um, you know, a film like uh, OK, the ASD band film, um, it, uh, you know, it's it said explicitly in the film and um, it's perhaps unique in the fact that there are a lot, maybe a number of films that have found their way to festivals before that look at, uh, um, individuals who are uh, who are living with autism and and how there's a lot of stories of individual successes, but this is a a film that really kind of looks at uh, this collaboration between the four people and uh, and them uh, creating something together and uh, and illustrates you know uh, different forms of uh, of collaborations and success in that way. So I think it's a really um, a novel film in that way and a, and a really inspiring film in the same sense. And then. Uh, uh, you know, a documentary form sometimes are these like really wonderful character studies. And in the case of something like Lay Down Your Heart, you have uh, Niall, who's just this like wonderfully engaging character and and uh, his ability to, uh, again, to kind of draw his connections to his own kind of found family and community and, and what they represent to him. It, uh, you, you watch that film and you find yourself thinking about your own how you distinguish your own relationships, how you describe your own relationships with people. And um, I think it just, yeah, it, it opens up uh, perception and perspectives in really beautiful ways. Being able to see your own perceptions of how you relate to others and how you relate to the disability community. I wonder how people and how the filmmakers and how the VIF kind of teeter between the audience, trying to give to the audience that perspective but not go into inspiration porn and having people who are inspiring for just living with a disability. Yeah, I, uh, that's, a, that's a really good question. And um, I think that 
you know, we perhaps benefit from in, in some of these cases, like I guess, you know, in the case of Ashley, the director of Queens of the Qing Dynasty, we've shown her work before. Um, so aware of uh, maybe her sensibilities as a, as a filmmaker and her um, own outlook on the world and her own outlook on uh, giving a voice to um, different communities that haven't often been, been uh, uh, depicted on screen or found uh, space or representation on screen. Um, so I think in, in that case, it's a matter of like really seeing, um, knowing where that filmmaker is coming from as a default, but in some other cases where filmmakers are more unknown quantities, uh, perhaps, you know, we benefit from receiving like director's statements uh, to have a sense of like where, what motivated them to make the film. And, um, and I think that when you're watching the films as well, you're, you're looking for um, that level of authenticity, which is obviously one of the really subjective elements of any sort of programmatic decision. But I think particularly when you're dealing with uh, communities that have often been and continue to be underrepresented on screen, um, you know, where is the, uh, where, how do you make that uh, distinction of, of this being guided by the, by the right reasons and, uh, and wanting to tell a story that's authentic to the characters as well. So I, I think that these films all, I mean, okay, again, I think it's a film that, you know, it, it culminates with a, a live performance scene and it is boisterous and it is celebratory, but I think it's, um, you, you see the frustrations of uh, trying to create something as a group that any sort of creative uh, uh, combination would, would struggle through. And, um, and that uh, moment of, uh, of inspiration, if you will, at the end, feels hard won and feels honestly earned. And I think that there's um, a governing honesty to a, to a lot of these films uh, that uh, that does pilot them and um, that resonates as well. To have that authenticity and see that intention in behind and have that as the guided or guiding force. And with that note, don't go anywhere because there will be more about the Vancouver International Film Festival coming up on September 29th to October 6th on The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. Did you know that Vancouver Co-op Radio CFRO 100.5 FM has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members? This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All different, all the time.
You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. So right now I am talking with Curtis, who is the program director of the Vancouver International Film Festival happening September 29th to October 6th. This year, they are highlighting many films that deal with both physical and mental disabilities and the neurodiversity community. Hopefully, the listener can go watch as many of these films as possible, if not all. How does the Vancouver International Film Festival, VIF, besides highlighting films that deal with disability, help the audience with disabilities or create accessibility? That's a really good question. And that is like an ongoing process for ourselves as well. Um, So we do have um, accessible uh, seating in all of our venues, um, accessible uh, washroom facilities as well, uh, with the exception of the Rio Theater, I should mention. Um, So, but all the other uh, venues do have accessible washrooms. So that is the Center for Performing Arts, the Vancouver Playhouse, International Village, SFU Woodwards, our own VIF Center, and the Cinematheque. So um, uh, anyone who requires such facilities will find them there. We also have um, uh, closed caption devices in some of our venues as well for people who want to uh, require um, the assistance of such things for watching your films. and in 2020, when um, our good friend COVID rolled on in, uh, we uh, you know, did have to take the majority of our festival online that year. And I think that did open up the festival to a number of people who weren't able to attend previous to that, um, sometimes for geographic reasons, sometimes for financial reasons, sometimes for reasons of uh, physical uh, limitations or uh, you know, um, reasons of disability as well. Uh, So I think that um, that's really become important to us uh, as a continued accessibility piece. You know, our our film suppliers have chosen to make less films available online in the ensuing years. But um, we have uh, we will have 24 films, 24 feature films available on the VIF Connect streaming platform uh, this uh, this year. And we are making sure that all those have uh, have closed captions on, on them as well. And, um, you know, as we move forward, we're, we've also looked at options like uh, I described video, things like this as well. So uh, how can we make sure that, you know, those sorts of um, services of a streaming platform are accessible and, uh, and usable by as wide an audience as possible? Something we had just started doing prior to the, uh, the COVID lockdown was um, uh, relaxed uh, screenings uh, at our venue as well. So we're hoping to do, and I recognize you know we're we're running out of a runway for this, but um, perhaps near the tail end of the festival, looking at doing one of those. And if not, then certainly in the fall in our year-round venue, the Fifth Center, where we have the Van City Theater and Studio Theater, continuing to introduce uh, relaxed screenings as part of our regular complement of programming as well. It sounds like you have really thought of having as much accessibility as possible and still have room for for growth, which is very important, especially 
when the disability community has pushed so hard for that and now being recognized for the future of film makers and actors, movies, films, the whole gamut. For those in the disability community who want to start making films as a director, a writer, a performer, an actor, what do you hope for the future for people from within the community to start doing this as a person from VIF? I think, yeah, there's, um, you know, we have a couple of different programs, uh, kind of creative development programs at VIF as well. So one of those is called VIF Catalyst, which is a mentorship program that takes on a cohort every year of a 15 member cohort and offers them. Uh, and it's really like emerging aspiring filmmakers uh, who largely come from uh, backgrounds that have been underrepresented on screen. And that includes uh, filmmakers uh, living with disabilities, be they visible or invisible, um, and making sure that that cohort onto its own um, has access to like eight kind of exclusive sessions for them that deal with direction, deal with um, deal with distribution of films, but also involves some one-on-one mentorship as well. So that's the kind of programming we would like to do more of in uh, in future years, and I and I hope that there's more opportunities out there for. Uh, filmmakers living with disabilities to gain access to some of those creative de development programs being offered in the uh, in the industry and the community. Um, I uh, I think there's also ways we can look at you know uh, um, I, I guess it's always like a bit of a, a question for ourselves of like uh, I know the Slam Dance Film Festival has a, a section called Unstoppable, which is all films by filmmakers uh, living and working with disabilities. And um, it's uh, something that I've looked at like with a lot of fascination and like thought about, you know, is there, not, I know there's space, but is it, uh, is it a matter of like building a, a program like that or, you know, ensuring that those films are kind of integrated into the main program as well. So I think it's uh, making sure that um, festivals like ours and year-round platforms like ours at the, uh, at the VIF Center, our, uh, our screening work like this so that, you know, those filmmakers who either are uh, working with disabilities and living with disabilities themselves or are dealing with um, subjects around this know that there's, you know, uh, uh, an outlet for it and an audience for it as well. So I, um, I think that, you know, all these pieces are really ongoing projects and I don't think there's like an end point where we get to raise a banner and say that, you know, it was mission accomplished. It's just making sure that uh, there's more integration of all the communities that VIF serves, be that BIPOC communities, be that disabled communities, um, in the uh, the audiences and in the uh, the programs that we offer as well. An ongoing process of creating that those connections and highlighting the marginalized communities, not just disability, but also BIPOC, LGBTQIA2+ community as well. So everyone, how can the listener find out where to watch these movies and buy tickets? Uh, they can go to vif.org, V-I-F-F.org. Uh, tickets are, are on sale right now. Um, and yeah, you'll find extensive information about the films as well as the filmmakers. And uh, should anyone have any questions about, you know, accessibility offerings, things like this, 
They can also email feedback at vif.org and we will be happy to answer any questions they have. Thank you so much, Curtis, for being on my show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This has been The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Allison Mira. If you missed any part of this show or want to listen to it again, you can find it on anchor.fm or wherever you find your podcasts. To end out this show, let's put on our outro theme song, Bitter Miracle by Kiprios. Kiprios is a Vancouver-based rapper. Even though he does not have a disability, the song, Bitter Miracle, talks about having a better tomorrow, but not a miracle. Enjoy more programming every My window, the sun came through today. Was the day I thought I'd look to my window, felt the pain that I knew. The sun heard about it when he came to, came through. Good looking out, I needed you today. Was the day that didn't need rain. My window looked to me to make a change. The sun rising to the occasion, came through. Good looking out, I needed you. Oh, oh. myself i'm gonna be okay remember back then i've come a long way the dream may never ever be the same but came true get here with you and that'll do i know the road i'm on is not an easy way remember that i will define the path i take the dream yeah i'm a dreamer what can i say came true get here with you and that'll do i feel it's in my fingers i know it's in my soul now don't need i don't need a miracle just want to get a bit better I feel it's in my fingers, I know it's in my soul now, don't need, I don't need a miracle, just want to get a little better, oh, oh. I'm not asking for a miracle, oh, oh. just want to get a little bit better, oh, 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 oh. I'm not asking for a miracle, oh, oh. just want to get a little bit better. Forget, never but mind the hope. The hope ain't enough, but it's alive and love. Your love is the one to get me by my life. It's never too late to get it right. Memories keep on my mind throughout the night. The hope helps me cope with my life and love. Your love is the one to get me by. Yesterday, take them the past, I let it die. In time, I'll be doing fine getting by. Cause now's the only moment mattering in life. Today, if 
for the day, only the day. Yesterday, never the same, never the pain. In time, love and learn to burn it to the night. Cause now is the only moment mattering in life. I feel it's in my fingers. I know it's in my soul now. Don't need, I don't need a miracle. Just one. It's in my fingers, it's in my soul.